0: blog talk radio hello everyone and welcome to girl power hour it's 3 p.m. central I'm coming to you from West Texas I have a wonderful guest on today um, she's actually been on the show before and if you've been paying any attention to the in the last uh, three or four times I've talked to you and all the posts that I've been making on Facebook we will have of course Valerie Green on today she's the relationship coach that was on with us in the past and today we're doing a call in show you can get free relationship advice from her so let me go ahead and give you the number 602-753-1589 if you're listening and you would like some advice please give us a call again 602-753-1589 and all calls are anonymous all i see is your phone number i don't have any identifying information and all i'll give is the last four digits of your phone number when i call you out so Let me skip to some quick announcements before we jump into uh, what we will be discussing until we have callers today. And and for the record, I have a few questions um, that I will be asking Valerie as well, just because I've had some people writing in for my advice column, and we've already discussed before the show that I would be asking her their questions for them. Um, I just wanted to remind everyone, next week, uh, February 22nd, I will have Sue Gore-Berryman, the owner and operator of Tumbleweed Botanicals. She's an herbalist who wildcrafts and creates uh, tinctures and teas and all sorts of wonderful, amazing things, um, and has this shop, um, which is available here locally if you're in the West Texas area at Cassius uh, Alley, but it's also available online. So anyone listening, wherever you are, you can visit her shop. Uh, it is Tumbleweed Botanicals, and a great place to grab sage, crystals, um, really any kind of uh, uh, wonderful, holistic items. She's got all sorts of uh, things for you and books, uh, resources, references, and just it's a wonderful place. It's a very peaceful environment, and even her online shop is it just exudes positive, peaceful energy. So I highly recommend checking that out and tuning in next Wednesday to hear what she has to share with us. And then, of course, On March 1st at 3 p.m. Central, we will have our Psychic Wednesday with Elizabeth Harbin, so make sure you have your questions ready for that. Remember, that's a call-in show as well. Uh, Again, if you're listening now, today's show will be a call-in show with Valerie Green. at 602-753-1589 is the number you'll be calling if you want free relationship advice from relationship coach Valerie Green. And also, uh, Desiree Attaway, I'm excited about this show coming up. March 8th at 3 p.m. Central, I'm going to have Desiree Attaway on. She is a consultant and facilitator who initiates and facilitates the difficult conversations about race, gender, and class. Of course, there is no more important time than now to be discussing these things. It's a very timely show, and I'm excited to have her on. So be sure to mark your calendars for that, March 8th at 3 p.m. Central. And then on a special day in time, Saturday, March 11th at 1 p.m. Central. Again, that Saturday, March 11th at 1 p.m. Central. I'll have author, well, actually she's a writer and a radio co-host as well, but author Deportia Rufus will be on to discuss her book, Your Book from God. And, Again, that's on a special day and time, Saturday, March 11th at 1 p.m. Central. You'll find out more about this if you check our Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash hour because remember, that's how we originally started. And uh, you can get all the information about these shows there, or you can check them out on the site. If you're tuning in now, then you, you already know where to go. If not, then it's blogtalkradio.com. You always go there to Girl Power Hour to find any information about upcoming shows. Just click on. uh, You can also listen to, if you didn't know this, you can listen to any of our archive shows there as well. So if you're not able to tune in on a Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central, that's fine. Go in at any day at any time and check out the archive show that you missed uh, just by going to Girl Power Hour on Blog Talk Radio, or you can click through the upcoming shows and and find out information about the guests that I will have on and, and make sure you set your calendars. Now to today's show. Hello, Valerie. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you back. Hello. I'm glad to be back. Thank you. I was telling Valerie before we got on the show, I have had a few people, listeners, that were really excited about today's show, and I know they still are excited. I know they're tuning in. They said they were going to listen, but they had planned to call in, but they have the flu, and unfortunately, it seems like a uh, vast majority of people that I know have the flu, and so well wishes to everyone out there who's recovering from that, and certainly take good care of yourself, practice self-care, and please stay home, don't be selfish, <laughs> try, not to, try not to expose everyone with it, uh, want to certainly mm-hmm. keep that from becoming an epidemic, and uh, so I know we may not have as many callers as we were originally going to have, but uh, that's okay, because I have plenty of questions for you. Uh, first of all, Valerie, I wanted you to say, you had uh, mentioned that uh, people could go to your website for a free gift. I, I wanted to give you a chance to to say that again for the listeners if they're listening in today. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I actually have tons more free gifts
0: now um, because I just launched my online
1: course. And so I did a free two-hour webinar last week. And that was called wow. Passionate Partnership. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was called Passionate Partnership, How to Attract, Reignite, and Sustain Lasting Love. That is for women. Uh, either single Ooh. women who are just frustrated that they're not meeting the right guy and that they keep attracting unavailable men or married women where the romance has died. And, you know, he seems to be more interested in watching TV than connecting with you. Um, Cause that's where hey, most yeah, of my clients hair. are when they come to me. <laughs> um, and I've certainly been there myself. So, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so I'll be teaching uh, a myriad. I mean, I, I did and it's recorded. And um, if you go to my homepage, you'll see uh, a tab on there called free webinar. And you can just click on that to watch the replay. And so I'll, um, I basically offer a lot of great content in there. It's basically how to tell if your relationship is in trouble and um, the mistakes that women make that push him farther away, which I think are are kind of similar to what I shared in the interview that I did with you like a month ago. But, of course, if uh, right. the listeners haven't watched that, they can watch the webinar um, or go to the link a month ago as well. <laughs> but, um, and then right. I'm also sharing um, how to how to share your feelings with your man in a way that draws him closer instead of pushes him away, and I have – uh, I really go in depth into uh, the step-by-step how-to's, and then I have, you know, a little exercise that I lead women through. And then I share um, the key mindset shift that really inspires a deeper commitment in a man. And uh, and I go into detail about what that is and, you know, why we usually don't realize how to do that, and then, um I share the steps that you can take to shift the dynamic to attract lasting love or, or reignite the passion. So yeah, I, I highly recommend the webinar <laughs> of course. And I'll be wow, doing it that's every Wonderful. Month. Oh, great. So, uh, if you go to the free webinar tab, you'll either be able to watch the replay or you'll be able to register for the next one. Um, but I haven't scheduled the next one yet. I'll probably do it in about a month.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. See, okay, so listeners, if you're out there and you're wondering how you could get more information, well, there you go. You've got a plethora of information and resources you can get from Valerie just by going to her website and clicking on the webinar link. That's that's fantastic. The webinar tab gives you all the abilities to watch any of these that you've missed and, and register for those in the future. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And it's CoachValerieGreen.com,
1: um, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, and then green like the color
0: with an E. Yay. So I love it. it. Okay. Excited to – I'm, I'm writing all this yeah. down. The passionate partnership is, is something I'm really interested in. I'm, i I got to tell you, I totally understand that whole uh, he wants to watch TV kind of thing. <laughs> like I heard that. When TV becomes the other one, then where are you? What do you do? Right. Um, okay. So exactly. So I do have a, a few questions for you. I want to ask just really quick, um, just because I had – had a, I, I did a couple of uh, advice shows on, and we talked about this before, but I'm just for the listener's sake. Um, I had a couple of questions come in from my advice column that I shared on my advice show, like the call show for myself and my life coaching practice. And um, I did mention when I was talking about them on the show and, and bringing up these questions and giving my advice that I would also bring them up to you whenever we had you on again because I knew these were specific to relationships, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to um, to address them and give these give these people who wrote them uh, who wrote in to me an opportunity to hear two different you know perspectives or possibly the same I don't know but certainly hear from two mm-hmm. different people on this. Um, so I'm just going to start with one. It's kind of a, a quick one. It's kind of vague, but I know you can apply it to multiple things. Um, she said, "Dear Tasha, this question may seem silly. It has to do with a man." <laughs> Well, that's never silly. Without going into too much detail, he hurt my heart a little, actually, a lot. And we're trying to work through it. But now it seems like there's a lot of bad relationship juju at work. Do you have any secrets for warding that off? And that's all I got. So there you go. <laughs> Here's the question.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I love how vague that is, actually, because I can go in several different directions. OK, um, great. So, yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, I want to um, honor this person for reaching out for support, you know, because a lot of times people don't, and then they blame right. the other person. So it looks like she's really willing to take responsibility for, you know, how this dynamic can be healed rather than just saying, he hurt me and he has to fix it. <laughs> so that's the first thing I would say, Right. you know, is to, to really, you know, honor her, because a lot of people don't have that courage. Um And so, you know, of course, I'd be curious around what steps they've taken, you know, in order to heal the wound that's been created by whatever he did um, or didn't do. (laughs) Um, So um, without knowing any more, I'll just sort of share about how I would approach that situation, you know, as a coach. I actually have um, a blog that's called, um, I think I wrote it about a year ago, five steps to melt their icy heart and make the love flow again. <laughs> um, nice. And it's all about the the research that's been done on forgiveness because I've actually done research on forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a five-step process that I use uh, where couples, you know, can heal from either, you know, a minor hurt, like somebody, you know, didn't do what they said they would do in a minor way. Like they didn't come home one time, you know, to a major hurt, like something like, you know, a, a, a major secret that's been kept, you know, and suddenly revealed. Um, so obviously with the latter, it takes a lot more time and, um, and, you know, emotional processing, but the process is basically the same. So, um, explain the research and then I'll kind of go over the steps that I usually um, do yeah. with, uh, with hurt. So the, the research is actually really fascinating because, um, you know, we hear a lot about spiritual teachers, especially talking about forgiveness. Like if you don't forgive, then you're holding it onto it and you should actually forgive for you. And that's, that's all well and good. Um, and that's great if you can, but, the reason that mm-hmm. most people can't, even if they try, is because um, there's a part of our brain that's called the amygdala which is responsible for keeping us safe. And mm-hmm. um, when somebody hurts us, especially somebody who's really close to us, the amygdala actually will like, in the brain, will code this person as potentially not safe because they hurt us, right? And the only way, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because, like, you know, whether you believe in evolution or not, like, whoever designed the amygdala, (laughs) if it's, you know, (laughs) nature or some higher power, um, you want to make sure that if, you know, our ancestors had two choices, right? They could either believe everything was safe or they could code the things that hurt them as unsafe and which ones do you think survived, right? Um, Right. So it's just part of our biological evolution and emotions happen in our bodies you know that's where emotions happen that's you know where we feel the pain is in our body so this is like uh and as as women especially we're more sensitive to our emotions simply because our bodies haven't evolved that much over the past 10,000 years and 10,000 years ago when we were living in tribes women really couldn't survive on their own because we would have babies and we'd have to take care of them and we would need to be in a community Um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately men were more able to survive on their own out in the wild, you know, now thankfully we live in a more civilized culture and we women can survive on our own, but your amygdala doesn't know that (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) um, you know, and, and, you know, I do believe in gender equality. I'm just like kind of explaining why it's hard to forgive. Sure. And, um, so, you can't just choose to forgive, and of course, there's processes that you can do if you can't speak to somebody that's hurt you in the past to be able to forgive them, and that's something I work on separately, but he or she's still with the guy, so I'm gonna describe what's necessary to not only forgive but to start trusting him again and to feel right, you know like there's good good juju again, <laughs> so to speak mm-hmm. um. So what's needed in order for the amygdala to code him as safe again is if you're – if you feel him feeling the pain that you were in and he's moved by it because if you – if, and that's because you can feel that in your body, right? When when you're with someone right. and you can tell they're feeling you on an emotional level, sends a message to that part of your brain that this person is not an enemy. They're a friend. They're an ally. I can trust them again, you know, for a minor hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's steps that need to be taken for a major hurt to rebuild trust. Um, but I'll, I'll right. go through all of that if you want. But um,
0: yeah, I'd love definitely. to
1: just describe the steps in my process. Um Because what happens is that, um, you know, there's other steps that need to be taken, of course, besides, you know, the other person um, feeling the pain. There's, you know, several steps to the process, but that's like the main step that kind of erases the quote unquote bad juju. If you can feel like they're moved by the pain, then obviously they're less likely to do it again. Um, that, and right. that's what a good relationship is: is that you're learning, you're learning about each other. So in the beginning, we're going to step on each other's toes a lot because you know we don't know our triggers, we don't know our, you know, wounds from our past. So there's certain things we're right. going to step on each other's toes around, and that's normal. Um, and I actually think an important relationship milestone. You know, because the question is not are you going to hurt each other, but it's how are you going to respond to the hurt when you do? Because that's what will make the difference between bringing you closer and having the hurt drive you apart. So I think that's sort of the crossroads that this woman is stuck in right now and where many couples get stuck in. Because if you just sort of sweep it under the carpet and try to pretend like everything's okay, then, you know, you, you don't feel as connected. And then you might start fighting over little things and not realizing why. Right. Um, so, so basically, um, the <clears throat> I'm not going to go into all the five steps because that's um, I mean I feel like then I take up the rest of the call. But basically, the steps are that first of all, <laughs> you, <laughs> that I'll, I'm going to summarize them, I, which is basically first of all, um, the um, the person who is um hurt recounts their version of the story um in terms of the details that happened like here's what mm-hmm. happened here's how i felt and from their version of the story without blaming the other person so it's really to take responsibility for her feelings cuz you know maybe the maybe he didn't mean to hurt her um right and you know, making him wrong is just going to put him on the defensive, and then you'll start arguing about it. So this is something I teach in the webinar that, that I just mentioned, how to share your feelings in a way that's not making him wrong. So for example, and this is what I shared, I think, in the last um, interview that we had too. So I mean, I don't know. Let's let's imagine, let's imagine an, an example for this. Like, uh, what would someone do that would really hurt a woman's feelings? That's not devastating. Um, maybe
0: he. Forgot her birthday. Um, yeah, go with something like that. Forgot I forgot to get her a Valentine's Day present. There you go. Cause that, that was yeah, bad. right. Okay. So maybe that was the big. deal. He
1: forgot about it, right? Yeah, or he didn't even call her on Valentine's Day. I don't know. They're dating, and he he yeah. got you know late at work or whatever, and she you hear? From yeah, because um, that would be pretty hurt. You know, that would hurt most. Sure.
0: Sorry, okay, I <laughs> suddenly we can I was that say suddenly we can't hear you. Suddenly you're gone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're you you're No, you're fine. sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. No. Um, yeah. that would okay. definitely hurt someone. So the
1: face. so like the first, yeah, exactly. So so the first thing that would happen that would, that has to happen is that you know, the they're willing to have a conversation about it and, you know, the woman in this case, but it could be the man that's hurt in another case, but we'll go with her. Mm-hmm. Um shares her version of the story from her side. Um, you know, with, with, just the information, like it was Valentine's day. Um, I expected a gift from you that would have meant to me that you cared. Um, I didn't. Um, and you know, I feel really hurt because I, I you know, in my world, if someone cares, they, they reach out and give a gift or at least contact me on Valentine's day. And because it didn't happen, I feel hurt. So you're not making it about him, you know, right. how I just sort of shared, you know, and then the um, then he would reflect back to her what he hears, so that she knows that she feels understood. That's the first step is just to get mm-hmm. the information; they're on the same page with the information. Um, and then you go deeper into the emotional level, right? So mm-hmm. um, then she can share about how she's hurt, and the, and this is the key is that he really needs to feel moved by the pain. You know, so like right. it she what whatever you know, she might start crying, she might start, you know, um, you know, saying how um she felt lonely or she felt unimportant or she felt disregarded. Um
0: and, and this you would not be a for feeling that. This would not be sorry. a good time for him to jump in and say you're being ridiculous, right? This would not be <laughs> This would not be a good time for him to say you're being you're being silly. This is ridiculous right
1: well if he wants to help her to heal this then he wouldn't do that if he you know wants to (laughs) if he's hurt and he wants you know her to heal to hear him then it would be a different kind of conversation um there's a different kind of conversation that that i give to couples where they are at opposing (laughs) ends. if that makes sense where then they can go back and (laughs) forth and they both come from a standpoint of, you know, you're right from your point of view, I'm right from my point of view. So let's say he wasn't willing to, um, you know, I'll go through this process first the way that I was describing it, and and you can see why I'm not going through the whole thing, but I read a a blog post about it. Um, Okay. And why it's important, because it does include him, but it's like the point is that he's moved by the pain, and the the attitude here is that you're both right from from each of your points of view he might need to be heard mm-hmm. from her too. You know, that's actually mm-hmm. the next step, but <laughs> well, um, I jumped. It's sort of like, I, I talked about this, um, in the last interview, I think I always teach the story about the three blind men and the elephant. I don't know if you, um, if I talked about no, that. I don't remember. Yeah. Don't think it's, so. um, <laughs> it's a, it's a cool analogy that I like to teach about. Um, where there's basically three blind men that are trying to um, figure out what an elephant looks like. So they walk up to an elephant and one of them is feeling its trunk and he's like, Oh, an elephant's like a hose. And the other one's feeling its leg. And he's like, you idiot. It's not like a hose. It's like a tree trunk. And then the third one feels its tail. And he's like, you're both wrong. The elephant's like a broom. And so, you know, which one is right. (laughs) And they just start arguing about it. But what if they, instead of arguing, and what if they instead said, hey, wait a minute, like, we can all figure out what the elephant looks like together. It's like a hose over here, and it's like a trunk, tree trunk over there, just like a broom over there. And so then they can collaborate to see the big picture. So that's kind of like an analogy for this kind of conversation, is that, you know, she's her, and she's right from her point of view and he might be feeling misunderstood and he's right from his point of view, you know, or wrong or whatever. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. well collaborating on a way that you're both going to feel better, you know, and right. what she needs to feel better is to probably feel, um, Like, he didn't mean to hurt her. Like, he's sorry for in her world, you know, not knowing what she needed Mm -hmm. to feel loved. Like, he wants to make her feel loved. You know, what can he do to make up for it kind of thing. But in his world, I mean, he's got his own stuff going on. Maybe he feels wrongly accused, and that's something that's a trigger for him. And so, you know, then it would be up to her to listen to what's going on for him. You know, but um, anyway, I just want to really make it simple. So we're starting with, first of all, getting on the same page with the story. Her, her side of the story is so that she's the one that's hurt. We're assuming it's just her right. that's hurt and he wants to make up for it. It'd be different if you're both right. hurt. Then I'd, actually, then I'd actually recommend a different conversation. We can go into that next if you want. <laughs> um, yeah. Must but be. if she's hurt and like he wants to make up for it, um, he's listening to her, she's not making him wrong. That's the key. Because if she's like, you didn't call me and that means you don't love me. And you know, I just can't trust you anymore. Like if she's like being like that, then it's going to be really hard for him to be moved by her pain. Right. Cause he's just feeling defensive. So that's the first right. part of this is to really make sure. And I, I have a five, like a, another process that I talked about last time. I teach this in the webinar. Um, and I also have a free e-guide that I talked about last time where I go over this process, but how to show your feelings in a way that's not making him wrong, you know, yeah. which I'll repeat. She could say something like, you know, yesterday was Valentine's Day. I expected to get a call from you. I ha- I, in my world, that means you love me. In my world, if someone doesn't reach out on Valentine's Day, it means they don't care, so I feel really hurt. So you can see how she's owning it. She's taking responsibility for how it lives for her. She's not blaming him. Um, but then he's listening to her. You know, he's saying, okay, I hear that, you know, and then feeling the hurt with her and being mm-hmm. moved by it. And when he's moved by it, that's what, see, a, an apology doesn't really mean anything if you just say, I'm sorry, because you're not really necessarily feeling the pain that the other person is in. Once you feel right. it, You know, then you can be like, wow, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. What can I do to make it up for you? So that's how he shows that he's moved by it. So the next step, though, is for her to get into his world, to figure out what really went on for him, because I'm assuming he didn't mean to hurt her. So this is where she gets to validate him. So it's not like he's a bad guy. It's not like we're just making him wrong and, like, railing on men. Like, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like maybe he had a major. Like maybe his mom died. Like maybe he had a major thing come mm-hmm. up at work. Maybe like he had a medical emergency.
0: Maybe you know, like
1: he was. Maybe fixed. he thinks like, Valentine's Day is. For him.
0: A, maybe he thinks Valentine's Day is commercialized holiday, and, he, and maybe he thinks it's exactly. cheesy and cheesy. nothing. Maybe you know. Yeah.
1: Right. Totally. So it's like, and this is the first time I'm imagining, and
0: like, of
1: course, like. You know we don't know what this woman's situation is who called but I mean I'm imagining in this right. situation that that this is the couple's first Valentine's Day together so he wouldn't have known that if it, if it right you know because if it's if it happens again and again then you have a more collaborative conversation which I'll go into you know in a minute we can go over the other conversation um right. that I that I guide couples in having if they both are arguing <laughs> and they they both want the other person to see their point of view, um, but so she really gets like what went on for him, and then mm-hmm. then she can feel into what he's feeling like you know if he needs that I mean a lot of men, you know and um I don't want to stereotype um my partner for right. example, it's really important to have his feelings uh, heard by me and and validated. A lot of men don't need Mm -hmm. their feelings validated. They need their point of view validated. Like, that it makes Mm -hmm. sense that he did what he did given what was going on for him. Mm -hmm. That's, like, really important to happen so that then once he feels, oh, okay, it was a misunderstanding, but now what can we do to repair it? You know, because she's still feeling hurt. So, like, what would make her feel really loved and honored? You know, would it be like taking her out to a romantic date to the spa or dinner or going away for the weekend? Cause she didn't get that on Valentine's day, but like what could begin to give her that feeling of feeling loved and valued and honored. Right. Um, and you know, they collaborate on that together because they want to heal it together. And, but now that she feels heard and, empathized with she's less likely to feel hurt by him but you know they still need to collaborate on a plan to make sure that you know she the things that she didn't feel if that's important to her in a way that works for him (laughs) you know so that's the collaboration part you know let's say she's like i want to go away for the weekend and he's like well i you know i have to work this weekend or (laughs) whatever it is (laughs) then you know then they can do something on friday night you know (laughs) <laughs> um or the following weekend, you know, whatever it is, but you collaborate to make sure it works for both of you. So that's uh that's a very simple example. For a larger example like an affair, then there's a lot more uh-huh. steps that need to be taken to repair it.
0: Yeah, you that's know, a big one. like not right.
1: contacting the affair partner, like you know, perhaps um and this is a, a highly individual case, but like, you know, not necessarily keeping tabs on him but, like, having more disclosure, less privacy. Um, right. And, Open book. You know, yeah. and and then, you know, the person who had the affair needs to be able to tell more about what happened so that the other person can really process it. And then there need to be more mm-hmm. steps taken to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Right. So, like, that's a right. little more complicated than something like, missing Valentine's Day, a little more simple, <laughs> you know? So, right. I mean, I'll just sort of, like, I list the five steps in my blog, but that was basically four of them right there, which is like, you get on the same page of the story. The person who's hurt really feels their feelings and the person who is not hurt receives them and is moved by right. them and like demonstrates that they're moved by them. That's where the apology comes from. And then the person who, you know, did the, who, who hurt, who, you know, who did the thing that hurt the other person Um, (laughs) Shares where they're coming from, so there could be a mutual understanding, and then you make, um, you make amends. You make a plan to make amends, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's basically how I would have that kind of conversation. And I mean, so does that make sense? Do you have any questions about that? Uh, Besides, what to do if he was like that's ridiculous? So then we'll go into a different conversation.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense, and it just sounds a lot like you know what I I'm a big believer. I love that you threw that in there. That you know, just saying I'm sorry really doesn't do anything because I I'm not a fan of the I'm sorry thing. I'm just I'm more of a fan of accountability and making amends. That's always yeah. the way that I think that exactly. things are actually processed and healed. Is if you take accountability yeah. and you make amends, this is a whole different process there, and it's one like you said, the difference to me in the two. Is that saying, I'm sorry, you don't have to feel that. When you take accountability and make amends, you do have to feel what's happened and and that you do have to learn that your actions affect other people or your inaction, depending on what happened here, affects other people. And it makes you think about more than just yourself. And then when you're in a relationship, you have to because there's two of you. So it doesn't matter what kind of relationship that is, but certainly in a romance, there's two of you, so... Yes, that makes perfect sense. And, yeah, I would like you to to just address really quickly for the listeners and, you know, for myself, um, if someone does respond with the, okay, well, that's ridiculous, you know, and and, and you're trying to express your feelings in a way that doesn't demonize or vilify them, then what? Yeah, I mean, so I would kind
1: of – Guide them to. I mean, because you don't want to go into a conversation like that, because then you're just gonna be more hurt. So I would sort of guide them, like, I want to be able to let this go, but I need you to really listen to me and 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 validate my point of view. Um, uh, Is that something that you're willing to do? And if they're like, no, I don't think you should be hurt, then I would recommend the other kind of conversation. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so it's sort of like it's good to know what you're walking into to to, by kind of setting it up like that. Um, you know, okay. So let's have a conversation where we can both be heard. Um, I do, I did just find that blog on my website though. If people want to read about it, it's called five steps to melt their icy heart and make love flow again. I think it's on the second page of my, uh, my blog, which is called relationship tips. If you look at my website, so I list all the five steps. It's basically um, what I just said, <laughs> but I mean, there's more nuance okay. to it. I just don't want to take up the whole call. Um, so, there's another conversation that I teach that it um, actually comes from Amago therapy. If you're familiar with it, mm-hmm. it's called they call it the couple's dialogue. Okay. Um, I don't know if you if you've heard of it, but it. Um, it's been used in tons and tons and tons of different relationship systems because it really works. And I think a lot of people sort of compare it to active listening, but it's not about parroting yeah. back to the other person what they just said. Because, like, that, right. that's just really formulaic and doesn't really work. But the point of right. that, <laughs> I mean, and I'll, go, I'll go into it in terms of science again because um, we actually have three parts of our brain. Like, we have three brains per se, and they don't always talk to each other. <laughs> Um, and what happens when we
0: of course, get
1: triggered is that we actually lose communication between the parts of the brain, and we actually like we're we're in fight or flight. And when we're in fight or flight, that part that I talked about before, the amygdala, kind of takes us over, and um, the blood mm-hmm. actually drains out of our cortex and into our arms so we can fight, or into our legs so we can run away. And we're not thinking very straight, so we say things that we really don't want to say. Right when we're here. Upset. Well, that's and so the, good to know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't put us off the hook for saying stupid things, but it explains, like, when you're really <laughs> upset about something, that's actually not the time to talk about it. It's actually better to calm down first and not to tell your partner to calm down instead of talking. Um, what I recommend for <laughs> couples, actually, if they're both upset is, you know, because then they'll feel dismissed, is to sit down together and, like, look each other in the eye and take deep breaths and say something like, you know, I feel really mad at you right now, but I'm still willing to like work through it. And like take really deep yes. and let me and, like soothe yourself. Let me inter <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Let me interject really quickly and say this just for anyone listening out there and, and I mean anyone. This this counts for women and men. In my own experience it's come from men. But it's also come from women as well. And in both in both instances it's infuriating. It is absolutely, I will re- reiterate what you said. It is absolutely not, not advised to say calm down or relax. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if somebody If somebody right. is upset, definitely not advised. No, definitely. That is just like trying to give a bath to a cat. Not a good idea. No.
1: <laughs> exactly. So if your partner is yelling at you, the best thing to do is just, I mean, this, I'll go into this in, in a bit on both sides, but the best thing to do is just be like, wow, you're angry you're really angry and like think of the three blind men and the elephant and like think that they're right from their point of view and you're right from your point of view. But when they're angry, they're not going to be able to hear your point of view, but they will later if they feel heard. So just say, you're really angry. Like tell me how you feel and let them go. Because if they keep going for, you know, um, I think about five to seven minutes is about the amount of time that someone could actually be really, really angry for if they, if they, you know, are not, if they're just allowed to, you know, vent and then it'll turn into sadness or fear or something softer that you can actually have a conversation about. And they're going to feel like so heard and so loved by you, but not everyone can be on the other end of that, right? Especially if they're yelling at you and making you wrong, you don't have to take it, but,
0: So
1: I'll teach a little bit about boundaries here (laughs) Um, (laughs) because boundaries are basically like my boundary is what I do or what I don't do. My boundary is not what he does or what he doesn't do. So telling him to calm down is actually like that's being, that's going into his space, telling him to be different. That's trying to get him to change. And and that never works in relationships. If you're trying to get the other person to change, (laughs) They'll usually dig their heels in around anything. Right, Um, But that doesn't mean you have to stand there and take it. But what you can say is, you know, similar to how I was sharing about earlier, um, how you can say your feelings without making the other person wrong, right? So if he's yelling at you and saying, you know, obscenities at you and making you wrong, you don't have to stand there and take it. You can say, like, this is too much for me. I can't handle this right now. Um, and I feel hurt, you know, this is not fair. I, I, I can't be around this. This is hurting me, whatever it is that you're saying, but you're just saying it about you. You're not like right telling him to stop. And so then if he continues, he can yeah. be like, you know what? I really want to hear you. Could, would you be willing to stop yelling? And if he's like, you know, screw you, I'm going to say whatever you want. You'd be like, fine, and then <laughs> I'm going to leave the room. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to leave the I want to talk to you, but, like, I, I, I'm i going to talk to you later, but I'm going to leave the room, <laughs> you know, so you don't have to yeah. be around it, you know, because that's not making him wrong or telling him that he needs to change or that he needs to stop yelling or that he needs to calm down. Like, he has every right to be angry and to right. deal with it however he wants to. Um, if he's willing to join you in a conversation about it where he's not yelling and screaming at you, then you're willing to listen to him. You know, but like if he's not, that's okay. He can yell, but you don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, so that's that's a healthy boundary. Right. Does that make sense? And
0: I like the reassurance. Um, I like the reassurance that you give too about the the idea that you say, you know, I can, I will talk to you later, but I'm not gonna because that's a reassurance on the other person. You know, because sometimes right. when somebody just. I mean, obviously, you don't just walk out. You say this, right, because just walking out makes yeah. them feel dismissed. But if, you, if exactly. you also say, you know, well, I can't do this and walk out, then that's sending a message of it could be over or whatever, you know. And so when right. you're saying, exactly. giving them a little bit of a reassurance, like, hey, we'll talk about this later when things are calmer, that's a great way to, exactly. to you know, give them their space and protect yourself at the same time.
1: Yeah, reassurance is really important. I, uh, I thank you for like catching that because I probably didn't um, put enough importance on that when I said it, you can't <laughs> just say, I mean, you can, but it's not, it's not <laughs> useful to say, I can't do this and walk away because yeah, they're triggered. So they're going to hear that through the lens of, you know, you're leaving them, <laughs>
0: whatever they're that they hear. Right. Fight or flight. So yeah, it's really yeah, important exactly.
1: to give some kind of reassurance. Say we're, we'll talk through this later I'll listen to you later. You know, I want to hear you when you're calm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, are you willing to talk about this more calmly? You know, you can make requests, but they might not be ready for that. Um, right. And of course the like real advanced level is to be able to stand there and realize that if they're yelling at you, it's not really about you. It's really about their hurt and they're just saying it in a really unskillful way. And, but you can translate that into right. your mind and then you can hear it. Um and then not be hurt because it's not really about you, it's about his feelings and then, you know, right. listen to That's it when you and then boot a level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean then I can like, you know, do that half the time. <laughs> Thankfully my partner like doesn't really when he gets angry he doesn't really like like rail at me, you know. So like he'll say things that imply that I did something wrong and he'll say it in an angry tone of voice and he'll be really mad, but he, he doesn't call me names or like, you know, do anything super hurtful so I can listen to him. Right. But it usually does hurt me a little. And then I'll want him to listen to me afterwards about how that, how I felt. Um, But yeah, I was going (laughs) to share about this. um, But after it's like, I always say the person that's more upset, you know, it makes sense for the person that's more upset to speak first and to be heard first, you right? You know, so that's um. So I'll go a little bit into the couple's dialogue, which is what I was going to talk about um. A couple of minutes ago, before we got into like what happens when he's yelling at you, because <laughs> um, that's, that's all important. important. It's really important. Sh- important. All good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I mean, and. and I mean a lot of women are probably thinking, like, well why can't I just tell him that he's not allowed to yell at me and I can't be talked to that way and you know, like I'm not I'm not saying you can't say that. And I mean if he keeps doing that again and again you're gonna wanna look at whether it makes sense to be in that relationship if it is something that, you know, he has a really bad temper. But there's other factors to look at there, like, you know, Uh uh, what are his triggers and um, you know, how can we help him to heal them? Because you know that's right. what what I look at as the one of the purposes of relationship is to be there and to kind of help each other heal wounds from the past. And you have your own right. too. So then you know it's about kind of both people. <laughs> but um, right. So. Um, But so, of course, you can tell him that he's not allowed to talk to you like that. That just sort of gets into making rules for each other and telling each other what to do. And I just find that that makes relations, that kind of kills the passion. If then, Then you're sort of being each other's parents and you're making rules for each other and you're telling each other what you can and can't do. And then you sort of feel like, you know, you're walking on eggshells. Because let's say you are mm-hmm. angry and you wind up yelling, and or and the other person is like, "See, I told you you couldn't do that." And then they sort of feel like your mom, and <laughs> you know, and so <laughs> it just doesn't feel. That's when people stay in relationships in the long term, and they feel like I can't, fit, I can't really be myself around him or her. Right. Right. You know, is because the other person like you say can't say that, that or you can't do you're that.
0: A pastor, if you're a passionate person, I mean and I say this because I am one if you're a passionate person, I mean even when I speak just and I'm not angry, but I'm just speaking i, I my tone seems seems to be pretty you know sometimes it's not necessarily intimidating, but to other people it's certainly not soft or passive it's very direct and very assertive and so if I'm upset about something my or and that, that also if I'm excited about something if it If anything is raised in my emotional level, my my decimals go up as well. So, like, the way that I speak (laughs) comes across as if I'm yelling, even though it may not necessarily feel to me like I am. And if I can't be my passionate self around someone else without berating and being abusive, you know, but if I can't be my passionate self, then that does kill it for me. You know, I can totally understand that.
1: And I think there is a lot, like, the line between being passionate and abusive is whether you're just sharing yourself and your feelings and your thoughts and your right beliefs and what you're excited about and, you know, your vision and whatever it is that you want or don't want and whatever your feelings are, like, you can share that as passionately as you want. But when you're talking about, like, how the other person is bad or did something wrong, then that's where it gets into being, you know, right, getting into their... You know, I, I like to think of it like the boundary is kind of being like your your two circles that are overlapping, you know, so like there they have their circle of your circle and, you know, you're you're responsible for your own thoughts and feelings and behaviors and and actions and beliefs and values and feelings and. The other person's responsible for theirs, and in the you you overlap in the middle, and that's where you share this beautiful relationship. But if you get into the other person's circle and try to tell them what to do and how to think and how to dress and how to feel, then it's not going to be a very passionate relationship because you know the relationship is passionate when the two circles overlap, not are on top of each other. Then there's actually no room to have right. passion. <laughs> You're too, you know, in right. So anyway. I know I'm kind of getting into philosophy here, but like I'm talking about why you do say, you know, this this isn't working for me. I'm gonna leave the room. Uh, let's talk about it later. That's the reassurance, um, rather than okay. telling him to, you know, stop yelling or stop being mad, because that's getting into his circle. But yeah, I wanna I wanna share this couple's dialogue because we keep alluding to it. Uh, unless you have something else that you feel is. Well, no, go
0: for it. This is great for the listeners. Go for it. I, <laughs> I'm learning a lot from you as I always do. So please, I'm taking notes, by the way. So keep going. <laughs> Yay.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so I mean, I, I also
1: teach this in the course that I just created, which is a online course that you can also read about on my website. There's a tab called online course. And I give a little flowchart for how to have this kind of conversation. Because it's not, I don't like to think about it as like a script, just like a flowchart. If That makes sense. Ad mm-hmm. libit doesn't have things. to be like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, it's like the person. So the person who is more upset gets listened to first. But you go back and forth, and only one person speaks and listens at a time. And you you want to make sure that you're you're getting three points. Um, sort of like I just shared because there's three parts of our brain. Um, the over them quickly, the, the cortex or the logical brain wants to know that, that your point of view makes sense. And if you don't hear that your point of view makes sense, then, you know, you get triggered because you're, you, you're, you know, you don't want to be thought of as your partner's making you feel crazy, right? We always want right. to know that it makes sense. Our feelings make sense. Our thoughts make sense, right? And then our limbic system wants to feel like the other person is feeling us, like we just said, like they're moved by whatever we're feeling. That's our emotional brain. And then our physical brain, which is the amygdala, wants to know that we're safe. Um, And that's really, like, that's really gotten, like, I mean, it's funny. One of my mentors talks about this. But, like, let's say (laughs) you wake up out of bed one morning. And, like, the amygdala's job, right, the amygdala's job, like we said, is to make sure we're safe. It's to make sure we're alive. (laughs) right? It wants to keep us alive. That's the amygdala's job. It regulates our breathing, our heart, An beat, important job, you yeah. know, <laughs> all of our hormones, right? It's, so that's the amygdala's job, but it's what puts us into fight or flight too, right? But um it's really actually always checking every millisecond am I alive, am I alive, am I alive? And if something hurts us, it's, it's it puts a flag up there like, that's not safe, I don't know if I'll survive that next time. <laughs> you know? Um... <laughs> So let's say you like wake up one morning and you get out of bed and you like try to touch your coffee mug to pick up your coffee mug and your hand goes right through it. Would you know you're alive? I mean, I don't know. And let's say you like go to, right, you know, your dresser and try to open it and your hand goes through the handle. You can't open it. Like you might start to question that, right? Because the way that we know we're alive right. is if our environment responds to us. <laughs> right. Like that's how we know we're alive. So like a lot of times what happens And this is how it's different from active listening. Like, you don't have to parrot back what the person's saying. But you have to respond to it, like, so the person feels received, right? So it's like, if I say, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, I was really hurt because I, you know, didn't get the card for Valentine's Day. We'll go back to that. And then he says, you're being ridiculous. You know, I was just stuck at work. You shouldn't take it personally. You don't feel received,
0: Right, you can
1: feel in your body that you're like, well, he just didn't hear me at all. Like I don't, I... so you're you're probably triggered with all three parts of your brain at that point because he's telling you you're crazy, he's not feeling you, <laughs> and he's not <laughs> responding. So, <laughs> but I mean, like I said, the 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 ninja level he's not very is to realize that. You know, right. Well, I mean, whatever, he could have had a hard day, but like the the ninja level then is to realise like, oh, he might be more hurt than or just as hurt as I am. I'm gonna switch into listening to his point of view. Why does right. you know, if he's saying I'm ridiculous, that must mean his point of view is something totally different. Let me listen to him. But that's not the end of the conversation. Then you need him to listen to you again. (laughs) You know, but a lot of times, like if someone's saying that's ridiculous or I don't agree with that or, you know, then they just need to feel, you know, so it's basically responded to, validated, and empathized with. Those are the three parts of this conversation. So Mm -hmm. each person has to feel responded to, validated, and empathized with in order for the conversation to really feel connected again. Because that's how all three parts of the brain feel safe. Right? right. So what what I'll give an example of this. We'll use the same example because <laughs> um you know, I don't know, you can think of another one if you want. But I'm just sort of going with <laughs> that one. But yeah, whatever. It is that that. You're saying, I mean, yeah. It's the day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> um <laughs> So if she's hurt, I mean, if she's more hurt and he's willing to listen to her, it would look a little bit similar, um, except maybe he feels misunderstood and then he wants to be listened to, right? But it would look a little bit similar the way that it did before, um, where she would say her point of view and then, so he basically then does three things. Number one, he says, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I mean, she doesn't have to parrot it back to her, but something along the lines of, okay, so it was Valentine's Day and you didn't get a card and, you know, you feel hurt because that's what, you know, it means you're loved is when you get a card. Right? Did I get it? Right. So then she feels <laughs> received. She doesn't have to parrot it, but it's like that she feels received, you know? Um, and then he validates her and he says, that makes sense. You know, if that's how it lives for you, that a card means they love you, then it makes sense that you feel hurt if you get one. So validation is just saying that makes sense. And just, you don't have to agree, (laughs) but it makes sense coming from her point of view. And then empathizing is just feeling like, wow, I really feel the hurt. You know, I feel it. And that's how, I mean, so you can feel how that feels to receive those things, you can actually feel it in your body, like how it feels to receive <laughs> each one of those three things, you know, the reflection, yeah. uh, validation, and the empathy. It's like the reflection feels like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, he gets me. He's willing right. to have shared reality. Like, it's not going to turn into an argument, you know, but that doesn't end it, right? Then you really need to feel like he can see how it makes sense to you. You're not crazy. <laughs> yeah. that You're crazy. Right? Because if you know your partner thinks you're crazy, I mean, you can't really build anything from there. Um, great. And that doesn't feel safe, right? And then to feel that your feelings are honored, especially for women, that's really important. Like I said, it's not always important mm-hmm. for men. A lot of times men just need the reflection and the validation. But it totally depends on the guy. Guys do have feelings. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, so they once, do. You know, like so he'll check, like, okay, that makes sense. Do you feel validated? Okay, you know, I get that you're hurt. Like, do you feel um, like I feel that with you? And if she does, then you move on to him. If she doesn't, then she's like, no, I don't feel you feeling my hurt. Like, okay, what would you need to feel it? Well, you know, I just need you to look me in the eyes for a moment or I need you to apologize or whatever it is that she needs to feel that he's feeling it with her. Um.
0: And then you Right, switch. I'm sorry, on the blackboard so, five times. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'll never do that again.
1: <laughs> I'll always write a card on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that would be kind of That would be kinda of <laughs> Um, and sometimes people are crazy, so you know, it's like uh well everyone's crazy in some way, so it's like you gotta decide which crazy you're gonna live with, you know. Um, But anyway, then you switch and then you listen to him and his side of the story and you give him reflection, validation and empathy because it's like he's got his own point of view and, you know, he's at the tail of the elephant and you're at the trunk of the elephant and it feels like a hose Mm -hmm. to you and it feels like a broom to him and that makes sense. (laughs) So it's like you're accepting that you have totally different perspectives and you don't come up, if it's a really charged conversation, you don't come up with a solution until you both feel really heard and validated. And empathize with, because then you actually there's something that happens in your body when you really feel that, it's like your nervous system relaxes. You could feel your nervous system relaxing, and then you're actually open to creating some kind of solution with this person, you know. And you'd be surprised uh-huh. by like couples fighting for years, like when they finally feel gotten, then they kind of have a solution. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I mean, I can see that.
1: I know we just spent the entire call answering this one question. But.
0: No, because it, it actually went for, for me, and I don't know how listeners feel, but for me it, it feels like you answered many different possible scenarios with it. And, and quite frankly, I mean, regardless of what the question is in terms of uh, just a, a, you know, a general someone hurt me in this relationship and, you know, I've been hurt in this relationship or he's been hurt, whatever, however it, however it plays out. This covered all of that. And I would say, and I'm sure you can back me up on this, I, because I know that when I'm in the midst of something, because this all sounds great and this is all like, yes, that is that is perfect. I, I mean, I'm taking notes over here. I think it's all, I'm high-fiving you on everything you say. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, would I be able to remember to employ this in the moment, you know, because we we have these reactions, right, that we go back to kind of mm-hmm. what we know what's familiar and I know that you're aware we get into habits of responding in a certain way because that's what we've been doing all of our lives, and it's probably difficult to start responding in a new way. It might even throw our partner off if we responded in a new way. Um, right. They'd be like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. And so, I mean, I know that's all great. It's just like maybe it's important to girl? have little – Yeah, exactly. It may be important for us to have little (laughs) emergency kits, little 911 posts that we put, like little Post-it notes that we have around so we can, like, almost, you know, be sure that we're ready when something does happen. Yes, And I do have those. I mean, that's
1: why I created all these tools. Um, Actually, I mean, I have all these free resources. Um, If you want to go to – I call that the reflection, validation, and empathizing. I call it the lover conversation because you can come up with an acronym that's L-O-V-E-R, it's listen with an open mind, validate, and empathize. <laughs> and wow, uh, and yeah. reassurance Reassurance, is the R, um, and that's also how you make requests. So I actually have a little infographic that I have ar- an, around a simplified version of it, and uh, there's a free video training that I teach um, on my website on that kind of conversation where you're reflecting, validating, and empathizing, Um And that's on my homepage. You can't miss it if you go there. It says, sign up for my free video training, Three Steps to Stop Fighting and Start Connecting. And then you'll get a little infographic and you can download it and put it on your phone so you can like, (laughs) you know, wait, we're in the middle of the argument. Let me get my phone and (laughs) pull up the infographic and we can... (laughs) I've had clients say that they've done that before. I actually did that when I was first learning these tools. I would like, you know, I don't know why I didn't think to put it on my phone at that point, but I like hung up a sheet on my living room and my partner and I would be in the middle of a fight and I go, wait, I'm going to go get the sheet. <laughs> but like, I mean, yes, he like kind of made fun of me for it, but I mean, it He actually also really likes it because I stopped like yelling at him and I started, <laughs> you know, listening. And so he was like, whatever it takes for you to do that, you know? <laughs> uh, I love that. Okay. It's well, a little weird, but like, you know, anything that's going to get <laughs> us to stop arguing. Um, exactly. And obviously
0: eventually I didn't need the sheet anymore. Yeah. Because then that becomes like your habit and your go-to and, you know, that's 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 really the key, I think, is just to make this stuff, what we how we respond to every, you know, and I can see how this would work not just in romantic relationships, friendships as well, and so I think it carries over into so many other things. Valerie, we're, we're almost out of time, so I just want to say quickly, thank you so much for doing this show again, and if you're up for it, I would love to do this once a month or once every other month, whatever you're up for, because I think it's so valuable. I know that the callers that didn't get a chance to call in today would love to call in, because I know their specific questions were not answered. And I would love for that to, to Ooh, have an opportunity it. to do that if, if you'd be up for it. Great. That's awesome. Well, uh, yeah, and so I mean, let me just remind I everybody like really one. quickly out there, yay, we love you being on. It's like it's really fantastic, not just for listeners, but, I mean, I get so much out of it too, so I'm like, hey, if nothing else, it's all, it's <laughs> all for me. But um, I want to remind everyone to tune in next week. Sue Berryman, February 22nd, owner-operator of Tumbleweed Botanicals, will be on 3 p.m. Central. And, again, Valerie, thank you so much for being here. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And to the callers that didn't get to call in, well, good news, Valerie will be on again, and you'll have your opportunity. And I certainly hope that you all feel well. Everybody stay well, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central. Great.